0: Okay.
1: By the way, one of the things that you had mentioned uh, <clears throat> wasn't actually directly that, but it sparked the the point about uh, the practice of the Dhamma throughout daily life, which okay. is basically what it's really all about um, to remember to do it differently than we were trained to do it. Um, And that, um, oh, an example of that, by the way, is that if you're training a dog to shake hands, if you do it or if a lot of different people do it differently so that the dog is confused as to whether to raise his left paw or his right paw, he will tremble and become confused. But if you grab, if you're always training him to, to lift his uh, left paw, always the left one, or always the right one, then uh, the dog will remember to do it easier. Okay? Um, and this is just basic dog training. But <laughs> guess where we got our training abilities from? Our, our ability to learn was from our ancestry way back when, all the way back to dogs. The dogs have the ability to do some learning, but we're better at it than they are. Okay. So basically what we need to see the Dhamma as is, is basically unlearning A lot of the stuff that we learned from society and from our families and from our friends and from our teachers, especially about how to feel. And what to think. Because we don't understand that if we think good thoughts, then we will have basically good feelings. But if we have bad thoughts and. um the the bad thoughts in will give us bad feelings. And so we wind up now being more motivated to do things from our bad feelings than we are motivated by our good feelings. Okay. And this has to do with the kind of thoughts that we have. I I think I've mentioned to you uh, uh, Eric Burns. And transactional analysis. He was the guy who wrote that very famous book in the 1970s called, I'm okay, you're okay. Yeah. The games people play. He rearranged Freud's uh, ego states into parent, adult and child. All right. Parent, adult and child. The Buddha knew all about that and that they actually in the Pali have different words. For the mind, depending upon what and how it's used, and so the Sita okay. that should be trained is not um, exactly what we think. In other words, human. When we use the word mind in English, we're talking about just the whole thing, or the brain, or the entire operation of the brain, rather than individual aspects of these operations, and yet. Freud figured it out, and Byrne put it in language that was useful and easy to understand, but the Buddha also knew about it. And this parent, adult, and child, also now the neuroscience is beginning to put all of that together, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that there is what is referred to as the anterior cortex, and also called, and has been for (laughs) maybe more than 100 years or so, the reptilian brain. And the reason they called it the reptilian brain is because that part of the brain of the human (laughs) looks just like the brain of an alligator. And guess what? Everything that an alligator can do with all the brain they have, those same things that the alligator can do, that you do, you do with that same part of the brain which is like walking and chewing food and shaking your tail and swimming and being able to jump out of the water with great surprise and all of that kind of stuff is controlled by the reptilian brain in the human. And that um, learning and cognitions and um, let us say language, because uh, the higher animals, have language I'm really surprised at how complex dog language is and I think part of that complexity is because they've been around humans learning part of their language but uh, the capabilities of the dogs learning that stuff is already there but the human has something very different it has this frontal cortex and what we see with the frontal cortex is, is basically I would say that it can be thought of as being able to connect the dots, to make connections. That is different than recognition because dogs can recognize human faces. So we're not talking about that kind of recognition. That's a little bit deeper into the brain. And humans and animals have shared that for a long time. But the ability to, what we call the word reason, which means move from this place, to that place, to this place. In other words, it's almost like the humans are able to tell the future where dogs just live in the moment. They don't even have a clue about the future. They don't understand each dog does not understand that if he gets in that dog fight, he's going to get hurt. And so they just follow their instincts completely. Well, guess what? A whole lot of humans just follow their instincts. Especially when the society that they live in supports them to just follow the instincts. They have all kinds of words in it in uh, in our language, like, oh, we'll just follow your heart. And that'll get people into a lot of trouble because we need to look at things first. (laughs) We need to investigate. We need to put things together. And so, basically, what we can say is that the teaching of the Buddha is actually uh, the teaching to wake up that frontal part of the the frontal cortex, which Byrne calls the adult. The one who can see what's going on. Okay, and we use the phrase like the adults in the room. And we think that uh, there are only two kinds of people in the room, the adults. And then everybody else that we would label as a child. That's especially true if there's the Oval Office that we're talking about. However, there's this other group, the third group, which is uh, actually the ones that's the most important and most powerful. And that's those that assume the authority, the boss. So, in fact, when they say that uh, Donald Trump is a child, no... Actually, he's the boss, right? This boss actually then would be big people or the parents or the adults in a child's life. Because children, they just love to play together. I was just watching, we had a birthday party here last night. And I was watching all the kids and uh, uh, they really love to play together. But as soon as an adult comes up to those kids, the kids have got to stop what they're doing and pay attention to the adult. The adults run the show. The adults are the authorities. All right? So as we are, as children, we learn to deal with authorities our whole lives. This is the parent ego state. This is our language. It's our culture. It's our Uh, Shoulds, woulds, coulds, our laws, our um, uh, how we're supposed to do things, including uh, the retributions for doing wrong, which is either going to be uh, reconciliation, rehabilitation, or punishment. And so a lot of children grow up being afraid of being punished. Now, here's something that happens. When a child is first born, mommy especially, but mommy and daddy, they have the job of being a nurturing parent to take care of, to change the diapers, to feed. When the baby is crying and bawling, they will carry it around and and love it and pat it on the back and get worried about how they can care for their kids and all of that. Fast forward to a five-year-old or a six-year-old who is yelling at the top of his lungs. He's not going to get nurturing anymore. He's going to get criticism. Shut your mouth, kid. All right? Stop having your tantrum. Sit down and do what you were told to do. And so we grow up with that. And so uh, all of the... Uh, hard times that you give to yourself, you give to yourself out of this critical parent ego state. When in fact, the whole point of the parent and real parenting is to nurture their child not to be critical of it. But people began, as I was telling you before, in the time of the Buddha, it really looks like that they just let the kids go and do as they pleased. And let the child learn for himself, which means that now the child is going to be full of greed, full of desire, full of anxiousness, full of going and getting and enjoying life and enjoying the sensual pleasures and and all of that. And having to find out for himself that this stuff is dangerous. Okay. But now in modern society, we train our kids differently. And I think that it had something to do with the Industrial Revolution. You see, in in feudal times, the farmers, they would raise what rice or grain or whatever they could. And then the, uh, the authorities, like the king, just came with his army and just took what they wanted as tax, right? But in the Industrial Revolution, now it's time to take these farmers out of the fields and put them on a treadmill and say, tread faster and faster. So they start ordering people around. That's been the job of the religions, but now the government and big business is ordering people around. And so something happened along that line, and you can say that it really had a lot to do with the education of children, that children should be educated. And the the fathers were also ordered, you've got to make sure that you keep your kids in line. We are going to punish you if your kid misbehaves. So now daddies are almost forced to become critical of their parents, of their children rather, rather than being nurturing to them. Fast forward to right this very minute, and that means basically what's going on is is that you in your own minds now have subjugated your self-nurturing and supplanted a whole layer of criticism and critical parent on top of that. But somewhere below all of that critical parent and would, shoulds, coulds, and and the love that you need from others outside of you. In other words, when you're doing that, you're saying, Daddy, am I okay? Stop punishing me.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: And so we do that with everybody. We want other people to love us because we have lost the nurturing ability from within. And so we need to start nurturing ourselves. This is where the Buddha comes in with uh, that famous statement. Aha, I see you, Mara. Aha, I see these bad negative thoughts. But I'm not going to be critical of my own mind having negative thoughts because that criticism is just more negative thoughts. We have to make a switch. And we have to continue to remember that switch from being critical to being nurturing over and over and over again because we've got such a long, deep habit now from about the age of five or six of being critical with ourselves instead. Okay, so there was always a mixture of nurturing, but uh, sometime in one's life that overbalances. So that we no longer are living in greed. We are now living in fear. Or in uh, dislike. And so we spend uh, our times in in that kind of motivation. Okay. If you only had a job. Because you wanted to uh, buy things. Then when you bought those things, you'd quit the job. But we keep a job because of fear. With statements like, if you don't work, you don't eat. And all of this critical kind of stuff. And so this is how we are uh, a slave to our society. Now, you would say, well, real slavery is about bondage, which means they tie the hands or the feet. You're in handcuffs or shackles. But, oh, no, they've gotten much more sophisticated now. They call it a paycheck. That's the shackles. That we are actually imprisoned by our not desire for that paycheck, but the fear of doing without it. And so what we need to do with our Anapanasati practice is to start practicing over and over and over again to nurture ourselves and to feel good. This is what the Buddha means by having wholesome thoughts in the mind. In his talk uh, in Sutta number 19 in the Majjhima Nikaya. They talk about the two kinds of thoughts. In fact, that's the name of the sutta is two kinds of thoughts. Basically, that's what we're talking about now in Eric Burns language. The two kinds of thoughts are critical thoughts or nurturing thoughts. So the two kinds of thoughts, nurturing thoughts or critical thoughts Now we must start to guard the mind. And the guard itself now is the adult in the room. The adult is now going to start guarding not the child like the parent is guarding the child. But the adult is now going to stand guard for the parent to tell him to have nurturing thoughts for the child because the child spent way too much time feeling criticized and burdened and forced to work and all of that kind of stuff. Now it's time for you with the uh, adult in the mind to tell the critical parent to change the tune, to treat us better inside. This is what we then mean by the inside story. Be able to nurture yourself on the inside. And guess what? If you get really good at nurturing yourself on the inside, then you'll be able to nurture other people also. This is where uh, the Brahma Viharas of Metta, Karuna, Mudita, and Upeka really come into play, is when your nurturing abilities are so good that you can nurture others. And I love it. I have I have a lot of uh, I, I've been making an effort to do to do a bit
2: of meta every day and uh, I mean i've I've had experience of meta where it really flows and it's and it's absolutely the most wonderful feeling uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot
0: of, um, feeling of
2: like there's a lot of fear that comes up in Meta. I'm just trying to put my finger on it.
1: Well, let's not worry about Meta right now. Okay. What what you're merely saying is something that I already fully well know. Not because of you in particular, but because the way that it that it winds up that these are the way humans do it and this is the way the students do it. And that is to say that right now you're not ready for Meta on the outside because you're too ready for meta on the inside.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, you have to be able to... Oh, here's an analogy. Imagine a bucket is under a dripping faucet and it stays under that dripping faucet. What happens to that bucket?
0: It eventually fills up.
1: It, It begins to fill up, right? What happens to it when it gets completely full? Overflows. Okay, and so it begins to overflow and come out onto the floor. It begins to leak out. Yep. Right? And pretty soon it's almost as if the the leaky faucet is just leaking on the floor because it's not really leaking into the bucket because the bucket can't hold it and it goes right onto the floor anyway. Right. Okay. Now let's think about that with nurturing or nutriment. And you are the bucket, the empty bucket. Here you are trying to uh, wash the floor and you don't have any water to give because you can't turn that bucket over and empty it out and you don't have enough water in it anyway. But if you leave it and let it fill up After you are so full of joy and so full of metta, then it will naturally leak out. This is then real metta. This is real karuna. Mm -hmm. Not something that's practiced and developed, but something that flows naturally because you already have all of the ingredients for it which would be basically the Eightfold Noble Path in its fruition. So the Eightfold Noble Path would be like the empty bucket, and the seven factors of enlightenment, or the, uh, the factors of enlightenment, um, we would say, is like the book bucket now that it's full. I've, had,
2: I've had the experience where I'm, I'm, when I'm good with myself, I'm good with other people.
1: Well, now you're going to make that not an experience, but a game plan.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. And how do we develop such a game plan is not with the other people. This is something that's done on the inside and therefore in seclusion. And that is to get with yourself and to sit down and rather than like the standard meditation of, oh, you should sit for an hour. This is not a very good idea because generally the attention span doesn't last that long. And so uh, we go through phases in that hour. It's better to break it up and have them short, shorter times. And, and more often out throughout the day. So I would say that if you were going to put in an hour, maybe four 15-minute sessions or three 20-minute sessions would be better.
2: I'll give it a shot.
1: Sounds uh, Okay. But how, need, about, how, about ten, how about five seconds out of every hour or 10 seconds out of every hour? Right. To keep remembering and remembering and remembering. So this is basically how we're going to look at it. Is is that uh, we, we need in the starting to be able to get our minds into a state and then maintain that state. Now that state has a group of factors to it. And one of them, one of the factors, is to allow only wholesome thoughts into the mind that in fact, the unwholesome thoughts we will refer to as hindrances. Thoughts of the past, thoughts of the future, thoughts of work that needs to be done, uh, thoughts of anything that's unfinished or anything that's worth thinking about that would require you to get up off of this floor or out of the chair that you're in and go do something. Anything that tries to carry you away from where you are in this present moment is going to be a hindrance for you to sit here and enjoy this present moment, right? So that's the way to look at the hindrances, as past, future, someplace else, even if it's in the other room, that's someplace else. And so let's be here now. now. If that's the case in our thoughts, then our thoughts are gonna be wholesome. We're gonna have wholesome thoughts generally. If we're in the here now. Also thoughts about the Dhamma because the Dhamma is quite wholesome, so having thoughts about the Dhamma would be wholesome thoughts. And the thought that I'm thinking of now is the thought of ah, I see you Mara, which also has the quality of oh. I don't need to do that now. Oh, I don't have to do that right now. That whatever it is that comes to mind can wait. It's not important. Now is the time to sit here and to feel good, to nurture myself rather than give myself duties. Giving yourself duties to do is the critical parent and it's an obstacle to the nurturing. Right,
0: did uh, you
1: see that? Nurturing yourself is very wholesome. Being critical by thinking of things and activities that need to be done, an email that needs to be written, a phone call that needs to be made. Uh, dishes that need to be washed, whatever it is that needs to be done for this period of time, those are verboten. Those are uh, thoughts non grata.
2: It seems to me like that my, my, my brain goes more into what needs to be done the worse I feel. The worse I feel, the more I want to do something about it. And the more my mind scatters
1: yes which is exactly backwards that's following the critical parent what you need to say instead is down boy everything's cool settle down no place to go nothing to do i'm glad you got that one that's good i like that one too even though we normally say it to a dog we need to say it to ourselves sometimes too down boy (laughs) because
2: it's just it's just like that you know like i i've definitely i've definitely gained a greater appreciation of how much of my mind is out of my control and uh you know not not to uh it is in
1: control but the food that it has is all of this criticism and you need to change your food supply to the brain the thoughts that you're giving it the nourishment that you have
2: i guess it's interesting i I, I, I hear what I hear what you're saying. It's 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 interesting that I've I've taken a lot of comfort from from realizing that a lot of stuff that comes up is not stuff that I would have willed to come up. It you know in in the manner of it not you know I didn't will it to be there. It just happened. Therefore, it's not me. That that for me has has been actually something that feels like it increases my sanity. And from that place, I can look at it and say, yeah, whatever, and go back to a better thought.
1: Okay, well, now we're going to intentionally start to guard what we're thinking, Mm -hmm. all right? And we're going to start guarding what we're thinking every time we remember to guard what we're thinking. Guard in the sense of... Go ahead.
2: Sorry, it's, it's true. I do play into a uh, negative mindset sometimes. Sometimes I, I invite the vampire in.
1: <laughs> You'd be surprised at many of the bats that you allow in more frequently than you let the vampire itself in. And we're kind of talking about the bats also. Not just the vampires.
2: Little, 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 little thoughts. Yeah, little thoughts.
1: Mean? Right, quick thoughts, quick thoughts that make you feel bad. Basically, going over your own to-do list.
2: It's hey, to-do lists feel awful. I always, as soon see when I'm in meditation, I'm, I'm, I'm chill. And then if I think about focusing on the breath, then it's something I can fail at, and I'm stressed. And my breathing increases, and it's I can still focus on the breath without thinking about it. But that's something I'm working then on anyway.
1: No, that's exactly why people don't do very well in meditation, and that is to keep track of the breath while not really focusing on it. No, we're actually going to focus on the breath.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, um, and and we're focusing on the breath. Um, as a means to learn how to focus. And so we give ourselves something very easy to focus on. Once we have the focus on the breath, then we can expand the focus. Mm-hmm. So one thing, one thing I've been wondering uh, is is I, you know,
2: last months ago, you got me starting on the hindrances a little bit, and I've, I've you know, read a bit more about them and and uh and sometimes it can feel really like really helpful mind training because then i'll go through my day and i'll be more aware of them and then sometimes i can't focus worth a damn and trying to think about the hindrances is is just turning my brain to mush. and
1: uh it doesn't turn uh, your brain to mush. When you say turning your brain to mush or having the thoughts of the brain turn to mush is just more critical thinking, just more criticism. A more wholesome thought would be, never mind, I can do this.
2: (laughs) I guess my line of thought, because you said about the focus and then expanding it, it, what went through my head is, oh, Maybe I need to be focusing on my breath until my mind calms down enough to be able to bring in the hindrances. That's what went through my head.
1: Um, okay, we'll talk about it like that. That that will be good. But yeah. here's the thing that's quite interesting. And that is, is that we want to have a breathing that is different than what we normally do absent Mindedly. Because if we allow the breathing to be normal, the same breathing that we have is absent-mindedly, then the mind will become absent really quickly. It'll just off into the hindrances. Right? This is why we actually need to intentionally, intentionally have a long in breath intentionally a deep in-breath and then an intentional long out-breath and that long out-breath possibly the best way to use uh, words would be to sigh every out-breath should be a sigh do you know what the whole quality or the purpose of a sigh is is to let go to release okay and our normal breathing is not that way it's quite rhythmic but here we're going to intentionally
2: <sighs> so i remember this
1: advice from before
2: and I, I i did give it the old college try and i found it stressful i, I found i found long breaths in meditation stressful and i couldn't couldn't I but couldn't they're not tell you why it, it, was... I,
1: it may be different, and there is a bit of um, let us say physical exercise by like going to a gym. Any kind of stress that you're thought taking about may be because you're trying to do it too long. Mm. This is like the long sitting sessions of an hour or so that yeah, people doing it an hour when they're just starting we'll find it a bit stressful because you are, in fact, making the rib cage work in a way that you haven't done before. But it's not really stressful each, the brand new beginning, every time you remember and you do one sigh like that, that's not stressful.
2: I'll give it another go. Here, come walk with me, Speaking of speaking of breathing.
1: Because we expected in the beginning while you're still developing the. um, uh, Let us say the rib works. The chest um, diaphragm muscles, etc like that, that you're also developing the mind. You have frozen. All I have is your ear. <laughs> Do I
2: have you again? Lost connection for a second.
1: Oh yes, but you need to go back where you were because now it's a very bad image. You're too I'm just, close just and the light is pardon what
2: just having a few few puffs of nicotine i'll just be a few puffs of nicotine it'll just be a
1: second i'm sorry i didn't understand what you said
2: said i'm just having a few puffs of nicotine i apologize for the interruption oh <laughs> Thank you for bearing with me there.
1: So. Um, back back to the to the breathing. If you intentionally have a long breath in. Then that's the point of sati because you're remembering you're actually paying attention. You could go so far as to say you're thinking about the breathing. And then on every out-breath, there is a point of sati, just an instant, where you know that this is a long out-breath. Now, a lot of people think that uh, there's only one kind of thinking, and that is thinking verbally. But there's, sure. other, kind, but there's other kinds of thinking. One is, uh, is feeling. Thinking and feeling are different ways, but also observing or looking or notice, noticing something is kind of thinking also.
2: I've also found that I can come out of the hindrances non-verbally. There's, there's a kind of click um, that, 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 that's not, uh, not something I need to name it or just I kind of feel my way through it.
1: Mm-hmm. All right So the kind of thoughts that you want to have With this breath Are going to be nurturing thoughts About a nurturing breath Not a stressful breath But a nurturing breath An energizing breath Gives you energy It's also uh, Breathing out Has the quality of taking out the trash including just not just carbon dioxide but a lot of other stuff too okay so think of your breath as being nurturing to you and that you enjoy these long deep breaths and you enjoy these long out breaths that's the way to think about it not that they're stressful you see you're you're using your critical mind for all kinds of things to wreck your joy and you know what's right, fucked, is that
2: sometimes I can feel uh, like I, I'll, I'll tell myself, look for what's enjoyable, you know, and I'll feel a, not even think, it just the feeling comes up, you know, it's like, well, basically, you, you haven't been a good enough boy to, uh, <laughs> to enjoy it. And so right. That, that's
1: that's your criticism. Uh huh. And that will keep you miserable for the rest of your life until you make a change. You do deserve it already, you're already okay. You do not need to do anything or pass any test or stop doing anything in order to be okay. That you're already well, it's, a good boy. Enjoy. It's, it's, the
2: feeling, it's the feelings that I don't enjoy it that make me, uh, that I don't deserve it that make me act out in ways that perhaps do deserve criticism, right? right? So-
1: First, Exactly. So that's actually an argument that you have or a war inside between your critical parent that's saying you do not deserve it. And the child is saying, yes, I do. And I'm going to go prove it.
2: Sometimes it's the only way way I know how to get some relief is to uh, work myself up into such a point that I'll
1: there's either, another way, though. Either. We don't have to go down that path. We can do it another way. And that is down, boy. Never mind. Okay? I don't have to be critical of myself right now. I don't have to s- decide whether I'm worthy or not. But that debt comes with the territory. It's only the false um, authority figures that will tell you that you're not worthy because they want to rob you. They want something from you. They'll tell you, oh, what you've got is worthless. I'm not going to give you the $10 you want for it. I'm only going to give you two. And you better suck up and take my deal. That's how the authorities have always worked. Ordering people around and people don't like it and they resent it and they do it anyway. Or they rebel. But in any case, no one feels good. When you stop seeing these other people as authorities mm-hmm. that you want them to tell you how good you are because they're not your authorities yours is your own authority but we need not a critical authority but a nurturing authority actually no authority at all just an inside friendship What do you, you're uh, you're cut off. Now I can see your nose. There you go, now I can see your whole face. Sorry. So this is something that we can begin to look at, is all of these negative critical thoughts, including the negative critical thought that you don't deserve to be happy yet with a yet that never comes
2: well one thing one thing that i i have noticed is you know i, I i've had i've had just just before I, just before I met you, I was in a pretty blissful state. Yeah. And, uh, um, I, uh, I had the first experience maybe in my life of being my own friend and my mind being a friendly place for a little bit, for a little bit. And, uh, and then this time coming back, I've, I've come to notice uh, I've been working a lot on 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 values and things, and I've come to notice, you know, a different kind of pleasure than than just sense pleasure. The sense of being in tune with myself and 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 working hard and and uh, you know, just feeling connected to things. And, uh, and I started, you know, when when the negative mindsets come back, or I get um, a, uh, a less meaningful pleasure, then you can see you see it doesn't feel as good. And so I've had a little bit of experience of like having, having a, a wholesome state of mind and, and compared. To, so I, I, I have a little, bit, a little bit to go on on just the feeling level of uh, what really feels worth staying in and what, what doesn't. Just,
1: just a bit. All right. Well, we have to practice this. Because you've been in the habit of, um, it's almost kind of like a, a spring-loaded wall switch. Or one that's on a timer. Yeah. And so we crank up the timer, thinking that it's going to last, and it goes, and closes down again. Sometimes it goes, <laughs> and so we have to keep turning it back up, and then it goes back down. Why? Because of the habit. The habit is, the switch says, I'm used to being at zero. I'm used to being critical. I'm used to being um, ugly to myself. And I'm not used to being nurturing. I'm not used to being joyful. I'm not used to it. And so the default position is always to go back into the critical state, back into the um, being hard on yourself that's your default now but deep deep down underlying that way back when you were two and three years old, you knew nurturing then that's that's a, uh, the deeper state this criticism, this critical stuff is kind of just learned behavior that you learned from about the age of five until about the age of today <laughs> and that we need to um create some new habits to do it a new way and we need to remember to do it the new way every time because if we don't remember to do it the new way then we'll do it the old way <clears throat> and the old way feels quite natural then in fact I've got a uh, several stories about that but the latest story and you're the first to hear this story is about the name of a sutta I remember many years ago learning the name of this Sutra and said it many, many times. And that when I talked to Achan Po about it, he knew what I was talking about. And that's the Maha Tanha uh, Vabhanga Sutta. But I said it wrong. It's not the Maha Tanha Vabhanga because the word Vabhanga means analysis. It's not the analysis of Tanha. It is the destruction. And that word is Sanghaya. So it's actually the Maha, Tanha Sanghaya Sutta. But every time that I mention that sutta, I have to then change my mind and to forcibly push it over to the right answer because the default is to use the old way that I used for years that was saying it wrong. That one little kind of thing we multiply by a thousand so that there's a thousand little things that we will just do it critically rather than nurturing okay so this is actually every time that i say that suit so or think of it i've got to make sure that i'm using the right word that's why i generally slow it down <laughs> is to make sure that i'm saying the right word for it because The habit pattern is to say it wrongly. If you think about it like that, then almost every thought that we have should be analyzed. Is this, in fact, the right way to do it? Is this correct or is or is this the old habit that I had developed? That's especially when you have thoughts of I'm not I don't deserve this. So. I.
2: There's there's a double double layer for me to overcome because I can often. greet criticism with more criticism say, oh, I'm having these thoughts and I shouldn't be having these thoughts and. I shouldn't be judging myself for having these thoughts. No, no,
1: I should not be having these thoughts as a critical parent. I should not be having these thoughts as critical. Yeah, exactly. And so this is the, the kind of wake up that we need. We need to wake up fully to recognize even when we wake up to see what's happening, we may say it critically. So we need to wake up further. And the way to to do it is instead of saying, oh, I'm having the wrong kind of thoughts. Poor me, the mind is broken. I'll never be able to figure this stuff out, which is generally the next kind of thoughts that will occur. Instead, we change that around to kind of a playful joy in the sense, aha, I see you. Aha, yeah. uh-huh, I
0: caught you again. I have experienced experienced too.
2: In 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 when we were first starting talking, and you and you passed this on to me, I did, I oh. did really feel that. Um, so, and, I've, and I, it doesn't have to be dramatic either. There's there's times even more <laughs> recently where it's been kind of. I guess there's been some assurance that I can just course correct. So it's been. Oh, there that is more so i I think I think i I think I have a picture. I have a picture mm-hmm. of, of the direction here so from what I mean is I've had a little bit of experience of, of of responding that way so i can I can
1: build on that. Okay. But not just build on it, but sit down intentionally. to watch the breath. And to change intentionally change the way that you think. To sit down and intentionally start to think nourishing thoughts. This is why we call it
0: practice. I'm sorry
1: okay this is what we this is actually the meditation practice except that I'm not a friend of the word meditation well I'm friendly enough (laughs) but I've got better words to use all right but but the word practice is explicitly what we're looking at To actually practice having nice, easy breathing and intentionally practice nurturing yourself. To allow yourself to have pleasure, to allow yourself sukha, to allow yourself satisfaction. You're okay. You're all right. You don't have to do anything right now. You're complete. You're whole for this moment. You're just fine. Mm, you can on. use words like hunky-dory. Everything is cool. This needs to be practiced.
2: Because I mean, it just it just kind of clicked there that that's kind of the opposite then uh, I've been going about meditation. I've been going about it in a sense. I've been going about it, you know, like I'm not good enough unless I maintain this focus. And this is saying <laughs> the, the opposite. This is saying. Um, don't try and get somewhere. Allow yourself to feel You've good. Already you're You've
0: already
1: yeah. arrived. You've already arrived. There's no place to go.
2: That's the golden I needed. uh
1: Have you ever heard of? um, It's an old book out of the Middle Ages, and uh, I don't. I think Dante wrote it, Uh, and the name of it is Pilgrim's Progress.
2: It's come up. It's 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 come up. What about
1: it? All right. What is a pilgrim? A pilgrim is someone who goes from uh, to. To some holy site he's on his journey. that's the progress of the pilgrim is that he's he's going to some shrine or holy place right What does the pilgrim do when he arrives at that shrine or holy place makes his makes his you know So he does some puja. Okay, he does some ceremonies. After the ceremonies, after he's got up to here with ceremonies, what does he do? He goes home. Pardon? He goes home. He what? Sorry, he he goes home. He goes home. All right. So he's no longer a pilgrim. Mm -hmm. All
0: right.
1: Here's the point. Most pilgrims are not like that. Most pilgrims just go from holy shrine to holy shrine and they always make progress going to the next shrine. But when he goes to the next shrine, he just left a holy shrine in order to make progress. Even if he goes home, in your terms, on the way home, he's trying to make progress to get home. But his original intention was to get to the shrine. When he got to the shrine, if he's doing it correctly, now he's no longer a pilgrim in progress. He's a Buddha. Because he has arrived. (laughs) He's awake. He's at that holy place. So, you have already arrived at your holy place. You are already whole. You are already in that sacred place. And you think it's not good enough and you need another holy shrine to progress to. But all you have to do is just wait. say, wait a minute, I'm already home. I'm already here. I'm already complete. Already satisfied. I've made enough progress.
2: So in other words, I'm already. Sitting in front of sitting underneath the Bodhi tree and I keep leaving. Mm
0: hmm. Yep.
1: Next time when you call, we'll use that point that you're sitting there under the Bodhi tree and you keep leaving.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Cool. A thread.
2: Well, I'm super glad to. Be able to talk to you again, and uh, and it's it's nice. I like it. <laughs> I don't have any fancy language. It's it's, it's good. Good. Um, well, now you've got
1: no excuse not to call. <laughs> oh no, no, don't don't worry. I I uh, <laughs>
2: I have I have nothing on my mind. I've I finally finished my fucking. Well, now that's going. an
1: improvement. <laughs>
2: yeah. and, and so. I, uh, and don't, don't get me wrong. They were absolutely what I needed, but now I don't have that hanging over my head. And now what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Well, just sit down and enjoy
1: it. (laughs) God forbid. Uh, No, 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 no. God permits you. That's why there are so many holy shrines all over the world. and they're all Uh-oh. a sanctuary so allow yourself the sanctuary from the critical parent in your own mind why not <laughs> right. knowing that if you get up and leave it's going to be dangerous mm. Don't leave is, that yeah. holy shrine. It's your sanctuary. Allow yourself to be joyful
0: there.
2: I do feel I do feel more joyful than when I began this conversation.
1: <laughs> Good people I'm glad some of it rubs off. <laughs> yeah. So take this little gift of joy and remember it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Remember, not just me, but remember that you can be joyful, that you have my permission to be happy every time you think of it. Thank you.
2: Right on, Don Morato. I I thank you very much. And... uh, Super thankful that you do this, and I look forward to talking the next time.
1: I'll see you in a week or or less.
2: Let's try it for last this time.
1: Good. We'll see you later, Dave.
0: Have a good night.